I don't know if you've enjoyed this study. I have enjoyed this study. Isaiah chapter 9, I think I'll look at verses 6 and 7 a little bit different than what I've ever looked at them before. Um, is this coming up, brother? All right, Isaiah, Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. We're going to read these, and then this is called, in my, in my Bible, it says, The birth of the Prince of Peace. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Counselor, Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment, with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Let's go ahead and pray. Um, Brandon, could you pray for us? Amen. Let's go back to that Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. There's one statement I've not really even talked about, and it's the second statement in there. It says, For unto us a child is born, and then it says, Unto us a son is given. That's an amazing statement. That's God tell, that they're, they're telling us in this that God is giving his son to us. That's a great statement when you, when you break that down. It says, For unto us a child is born. We all understand about the child is born, but some of us don't understand this next aspect. Unto us a son is given. God has done some amazing things in our life, and I'm thankful that he has done some things for us, and I'm thankful that he gave his son. Aren't you thankful for the son being given? As we look at this, there's some words in there in verse number 6, and it says, wonderful. If this was up, it would say wonderful. It would say counselor, and it would keep reading down. It would say the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. With the Prince of Peace emphasized, okay? And as we look at this, there's all these different aspects of who Jesus is. We serve a great God, don't we? And He breaks it down to us. He's wonderful. He's a miracle, a miracle worker. He's a counselor. He's the one that consoles, consults us. And He has a purpose and a plan. He doesn't just fly by the seat of his pants. He, go, he knows what he's doing. Because sometimes we do that, right? You ever done that in your plans? Okay, well, we're going to do this. How, how many of you plan and plan and plan a vacation? Or what I would call over-planning. Have you ever over-planned something? We're going to laugh right now. We're going to have a good time. Now we're serious because this is a serious time of our vacation. I've done vacations like that. And it, they're okay. But you know what, as I, as I look how God does our life, I'm glad that He doesn't plan some things like I plan some things. He's got it under control, and He, he does these things with the counselor, and this is the mighty God. Man, he, he is the strongest. He is the mightiest. There is no one that's stronger than Him, no one that's more mighty than He is. You say, well, why is that so important? It's important for my life, I can tell you that. Because when I look at how God does things, I'm so thankful that He's in charge. And nothing, nothing in this world that He doesn't know about. Aren't you thankful for that? And so as we keep going, it says the everlasting Father. And as I, <clears throat> as I was looking at that word, it's eternal. 
This gives us our eternal security just with that little passage right there. He's the everlasting Father because He gives us the gift that we need for eternal security. And then we have the wonderful, then we have the, the, the Prince of Peace. And so the next verse says this, Of the increase of His government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. And so let's break these down and let's look at these and see what God is saying with this. If you look at some of these um, words, we have the miracle, we have the consultant with a plan and purpose, we have the champion and the chief, mightiest and strongest. We have eternal past and future. It's who God is. And then we have this prince of peace. You know what the word peace is in your Bible? In, in, in this portion of Scripture? It's a word you probably all know. Because when we break these words down, the first word, wonderful, is pele. We break the next one down, it's yaatz, and that's counselor. Mighty is gabor. And we looked at, and let's see if anybody remembers, what's everlasting mean? Ad, odd, or ad. Have you ever noticed if a, if a, in a, a Jewish person meets somebody, what do they usually say? What? I heard it. Shalom. Do you know what that means? We think it means high. It means peace. So when you hear, you see Jewish people come together, they'll say shalom to each other, and this is the exact word here in our Hebrew word. Shalom. And so when you break that down, you've got two words that we've got to look at, and I, I like the way it breaks down. The first one is the prince. The word prince in the Bible is found in the Old Testament is found 421 times. A lot of times it's dealing with when they're talking about the kings and their sons. But in this particular thing, when you break it down with this one, it means prince, it means ruler, it means leader, it means captain. What I also like about this, it means the head or the overseer. There's no aspect of this where you think that you're in charge. Because sometimes we try to get in charge, don't we? Do I need to catch this up, Daniel, or are you doing it? All right, and then the last one is this. The other aspect of prince means the ruler of rulers of God. It's the, it's the total aspiration of God is everything in your life. He's the prince of peace. And when you study that, it's interesting that he says that, because if he's the prince, who's the king? God is the king. Just by default, he's the king. If he's the prince of peace, God's the king of peace, right? Because it's his son. Don't you want this, this aspect of peace in your life? I like peace. When there's bad things going on, guess what? Peace sometimes is thrown out. That's why when you study, when you study statistics in the holiday seasons, why people hurt themselves. Because they don't have this peace. They don't have the Prince of Peace. They don't have the Council. They don't have Wonderful. They don't have the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. They don't have eternal security. They have no idea what's going on in their life. And there's a lot of people like that today. It breaks my heart when I go out to eat on Sunday. We go out to eat and, and you can, Brother Barnett, you can figure out who doesn't go to church by what they're, what they're wearing and what they're talking about. Do you ever hear other people's comments? 
my wife and I were sitting at, at a restaurant and, <laughs> and I was, I don't try to listen to people's comments, but he's sitting right behind me and he's telling me his whole life story. And he was telling me about how everybody in his family is messed up. I wanted to turn around and have a word of prayer with him. And I, and I just, and it broke my heart. Because all, all Sunday is now is another day. And it's not going to get any better. That's why you've got to be sold on being in church. And you, you say, you're just trying to get people to stay here. I'm just telling you right now. The peace that I have is not through me. It's through God. Is there a show going on behind me? <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. All right, here we go. Just when he did such a great job on the, on the piano, and he's back there. Nathan just sitting back and letting him do it. I just want you to know that it's not Nathan right now. But as, as you look at these things, I want you to understand that the prince right there is found and it means ruler of rulers. Now the word that you've got a key in because we know he's our king um, is the word peace. Peace is found in the Old Testament. This word, it's found 236 times. Found quite a bit in the Old Testament considering there's only 39 verse 39 um, books. But here's what it means means completeness. That's a wonderful word. It means soundness. It means welfare, peace, safety. And I like this word. This has a really deep, rich word. It's tranquility. You can almost sense what tranquility is by the word itself. It's the word friendship with God, especially in covenant relationships it means peace from war it means peace as an adjective and as you look at these things and you see your life are you do you have this do you have completeness because if you're building it on personal relationships with others you've got the wrong peace i mean i, I was i was so thankful when my wife finally said, yes, she'd go out with me. I was even more thankful about six months later when her dad would let me, amen? Her dad was Green Beret and he did research on me. I promise you he was dressed like a bush outside my, outside my dorm looking and seeing what I was going to do. We got, we got, I, asked her to marry, I asked to marry her and I went to him and told him and he wrote everything down and, and then he said at the very end, he read it back to me. And I was totally shocked because we were sitting and he had a steno pad across the table from me. Wrote it all down and then when I got done, he read it back to me and he said this, he said, so this is what you're going to do? And I said, yes. He said, I'll get back with you. I don't remember how long it was. I walked out of that house, I was totally confused. Totally confused. And then it hit me when I got in the car. He didn't tell me he was going to call me in a day. He didn't tell me he was going to call me in a week. I don't know how long it was. I want to say it was a couple of weeks before he called me. And then when he told me, he told me when we were going to do it. And he gave me all the things that he changed. I vowed to myself if I had ever had a girl, if someone came and asked me, I would be very mean to them. I forgot about that because my wife would tell me, she would look at me and say, you be nice to them. Remember one particular time, when, when Meredith switched over to another college, Josh wanted to date her. 
He's Korean. He's not that tall. And I remember he, he said, I still want to date her when you're at another college. And I remember looking at him and I kind of stood on my toes and looked down upon him so he would know that I'm bigger than him. He's more healthy than I. He'd probably beat me up. But I said, no, you can't, you can't date her until, because it's a long-distance relationship. And I, and I didn't realize I had done it that much, but Meredith had came to me and said, I noticed what you did. You tried to intimidate him with your size. I said, well, it worked. But it didn't work very long because he ended up marrying her. When I met my wife, there was a completeness with us. And then we thought if we could just have children, it'd be even greater. And then if we could have grandchildren, it'd be greater. But you know what? Nothing compares to my relationship with God and me than with me and my wife. I love her to death. I would give my life for my wife. She's the best person I know. We have arguments, don't we? Usually, I'm not even going to go there. All right, anyway. But do you know what? There's something about a completeness. Sometimes we just think if we can get just to the next level. We can have this, we can have this, we can have this, we can have this. Things will not bring completeness to you. What will give you peace is there's always going to be turmoil with relationships. But we should have peace with him. We should have soundness with him. We should have welfare. Are we there? We should have peace, safety, tranquility, friendship. And let's see if this thing works now. Hey, it is. With God, especially in covenant relationship, peace from war. <clears throat> and last one, peace is an adjective. Let's go to the next one. The next statement says this. Mark chapter 5, verse 34. We looked at that this morning. But look what it says. Mark chapter 5, verse 34, it says, And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. You know what I like about this? You notice what Jesus didn't do? He didn't look at the disciples at this point and say, You need to be quiet. He just, I can just see him. They're waking, we're going to die, what's going to happen? And he just, it says in, in this verse, it said in that verse, it said, it said, and he arose, just go ahead and shut it off. And he arose and he rebuked the wind. And it says this, and said unto the sea. He is talking to an inanimate object. But just to show you how powerful he is, it stopped everything. Weren't they amazed at what he had done? I mean, he was sleeping in the midst of a storm. And these were not people that were not used to storms. They were fishermen, most of them. But they looked at him and he said, peace, be still. And all of a sudden, everything calmed down. That's because when you're close to Christ, there's peace in every storm. Sometimes I'm scared to preach this because I know what will happen. There'll be storms. There'll be storms. Remember one time in our last ministry, I said, what else could happen? They said, don't say that. There's always going to be storms. And sometimes you just got to say, they're yours, Lord. I'm going to walk away from it. Now I want you, if you've got your pen out, I'm going to give you some verses. I want you to write these down. Let's look at the word Peace. We're going to I'm going to just read these out. Romans chapter 16, verse 20. Romans chapter 16, verse 20. 
Don't look them up now. You can look them up later. Romans chapter 16, verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11. I've got five more. Galatians chapter 6, verse 16. <coughs> Ephesians chapter 6, verse 23. Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. And you got 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. 1st Thessalonians 5, 23. And 2nd Thessalonians 3, 16. Let me read them one more time. Romans 16, 20. 1st Corinthians 16, 11. 2nd Corinthians 13, 11. Galatians 6, 16. Ephesians 6, 23. Philippians 4, 9. 1st Thessalonians 5, 23. And 2nd Thessalonians 3, 16. Those are verses that are found, the word found peace is found in. Colossians, it's found in Colossians, it's found in 1st, 2nd Timothy, and it's found in Philemon. What are all these? These are Pauline epistles. Did you notice the order of how Isaiah put it in? He put in what? The first one is what? Let's see if you remember this. He, he shall be called what? Wonderful. Counselor. The mighty God. The everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. He put the Prince of Peace at the very end. Why do you do that? I think there's a reason why God does everything. Okay, let's go back to these verses I had you right now. These are Pauline epistles. Sometimes we read verses and we go, why is that in there? Have you ever noticed in all the Pauline epistles, what does he do? He normally gives an opener and then he gives a salutation at the very end, right? So these verses I told you, Romans chapter 16, guess what that is? That's the last chapter of Romans. 1 Corinthians 16, last chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, last chapter. Galatians goes to six chapters. Ephesians 6, last chapter. Philippians 4, last chapter. 1 Thessalonians 5, last chapter. 2 Thessalonians um, Three, last chapter. You know what this tells me? That at the very end of his message, you know what he wanted to point to them? That you should have peace in your life. Peace was very important to him. And if there's anybody that can write the Philippian letter when he's in jail, he's got the peace down. But he also says this, I have learned. He had learned this. See, sometimes we don't understand peace. But if you want, to, you want to tell me that Paul ended one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight books with the word peace, almost some of them at the very end. He wanted to emphasize to them, guess what? You can have peace in your life, no matter what's going on. And I love this verse. For, uh, let's hope it works. Here we go. Um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 says this, And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. If you really think that you can get past having peace that's not brought through through God Himself, it won't last. Look what it says here. It says, And the peace of God which passes all understanding. What does that mean? You're going through something and no one understands it. But you still have peace through it. There's some people in this room that have went through that. You go through a storm, you have no idea how you're going to handle it, but you know what? God's going to know. You know what sometimes I do? I get overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed with, i got to do this, got to do this, got to How many of you do that? You know what I found out? If I just 
Take a deep breath, step back, and go one thing at a time. God will show me what I need to do. And he gives us the peace. Now watch what it says. It says, it says the peace that passes all understanding. When other people won't, real, won't understand it, the only way you can do it is God. Now watch what it says. Shall keep. Don't you like your mind kept and your heart kept? He's going to hold you accountable, and he's going to help you through it. But the only way you can do it is through Jesus Christ. You can't do it yourself. You'll be overwhelmed. You know what God, why does God put us in situations like that to draw them back to him? I mean, you just see miracle after miracle after miracle. You see storm after storm after storm. How do you get through them? Just rely on him. I know it sounds very basic, but that's where you're going to find peace at. Okay, how many of you have been watching the news? I can't watch the news anymore. I watch it for 10 minutes. And I, and I get on my Fitbit and go, my blood pressure is going up. I just don't like it. It's just great news, isn't it? The good news on Fox News, the good news on CNN, the good news on MSNBC, those are great places to get encouraged by, amen? I think what they should do is just get in the middle, fight, fight it out, and see whoever wins gets to talk. Sometimes I just get discouraged by it. And, and the world is not a peaceful place. But in a Christian's life, we should have peace that passes all understanding. And it'll keep your hearts and your mind through Jesus Christ. Let's go to this last verse, and I want you to... Okay, all right, let's go to Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 7. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. Here's what it says. It says, Of the increase of the government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order and to establish it with judgment and justice with, from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Remember I told you this morning that this verse repeats the verse above them and it gives illustration of how God's going to do this. How God's going to be wonderful. How God's going to be a counselor. How God's going to be a mighty, mighty God. How God's going to be an everlasting father and how God's going to be what? The prince of peace. Because if you look at this verse, there's, they're going to be all listed in there and Isaiah chapter 9 illustrates what's going on. And you know what we've learned in, in, when I was teaching? Repetition makes you learn. If you don't do repetition, you won't learn things. Remember your uh, mathematical equations? Seven times six is what, Bernard? You better know this one. Okay, all right. Five times seven, Larry. Oh, he got it. All right, here we go. Larry Barnett's going, oh, God, he didn't call me. He didn't call me. Right, here we go. All right. We've got another accountant over here. Let me ask him. So they got those two. You think you can get this one? 475 divided by 344. Okay, never mind. All right, here we go. Here we, here we go. All right. So the word wonderful, where do you find that in this verse? Upon the throne of David. That's a miracle. You say, well, it's 700 years. Okay. If I were to pick anybody in this room and say, you tell me, Randy Douthat, what's going to happen 700 years? I, I, I couldn't do it. 
Look at this, it says, we'll perform it. The zeal of the Lord of, hosts will, uh, Lord of hosts will perform it. It's talking about all these other things. These are miracle upon miracle because he's going to keep it, he's going to establish it, and he's going to do it with, look at this, judgment and justice. That's a miracle. You know one thing I'm proud of in our country? I'm proud of our forefathers. They were years above us. When they can write a document that can hold what it holds over 200 years, we have a great country. You know what it's nice to say is that we have a constitution. A lot of, a lot of um, countries don't have things like we had. They didn't have it based on what? What did they do? They got it from Scripture. If you don't believe that, you've never been to Washington, D.C. It's everywhere. They want to take it out, and I'm thankful that they put it in stone. All these things happen upon the throne of David. That's a miracle. Let's go to the counselor. Counselor, to order and to establish. This shows you, guess what? He's got a plan and a purpose for you. Keep going on the next one. Judgment and justice. This is again, he's got an order to it. He knows what he's going to do, and we're supposed to follow along with him. Isn't he our counselor? Is God going to counsel you to go against what the Bible says? No, he's going to order it and he's going to establish it. Go to the next one, the mighty God. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. There's no one else that could do that other than God. There's just no one else. I mean, we, we think of sometimes we're powerful, but the mighty God is mighty for a reason. He's the strongest. He's the mightiest. And so the next one, it says the everlasting Father. It, you'll notice in this one, it says there shall be no end. What does that mean? It's for eternity. This thing's going on. Peace. Well, can you imagine the peace we're going to have when we get up to heaven? And look at the very end. With, justice and ju with judgment and justice for henceforth even forever. There's another term going back to what? Everlasting. He knows exactly what he's doing. And the next one's very simple because it even actually says the word. On the peace, it's coming in and it says, Peace, there shall be no end. Aren't you thankful that God reiterates what he says? The worst thing you can do with a child is tell them something and don't keep your word. It goes both ways. Some of you have younger children. If you tell them what you're going to do, you better do it. I remember a, a man that was in our last church. He would, he would punish his kids the weirdest ways. He'd punish them and make them lie about the punishment. I was like, what are you doing? That's just ridiculous. His kids would do, and his kids were scrawny. They were small. They, they, they weren't that, that strong. And, and they would get in trouble. And he'd say, okay, I want you to go over there and I want you to do 100 push-ups. And you don't come back until you get them done. I don't think they could do four. And they'd be over there and all of a sudden they'd come back. He'd go, go do me 100 more. And I told him, I said, you're just teaching your child to lie. Well, I've got, to tell, I've got to show them who's boss. That's not showing them who's boss. That's not, that's not even common sense logic. Aren't you thankful that the Bible tells you what to do and reiterates it and God is always right? 
I'm thankful for that. But you know what I'm thankful for when I look at all these? He sure is wonderful. 2019 is over. There's nothing you can do other than maybe a week. 2020 is the only thing you can change. Is he your wonderful Savior? Is he your miracle worker? How many of you think there's going to be miracles that are going to happen in 2020? I believe in a God of miracles. And it's going to happen. I also know that he's going to counsel me. He's going to show me what I need to do. He's going to be there for me on all sides. I also know that he's mighty. There's no one stronger than him. Aren't you thankful that he's mighty? That you, we don't have to worry about a person overpowering him. Watch this. Let me ask you just one simple question. Do you think Satan is smarter than God? Do you think God, Satan is stronger than God? Do you think Satan is more, he, he can manipulate God? No. Because we serve a mighty God. And then the next one, it says he's everlasting father. What that tells me is when I die, I'm going to get the same thing that he has an eternity. And I'm going to be able to see him. And he, you know what? He's going to be able to take care of me even longer. And you know what I'm going to spend the whole time doing? Praising him. More than I do here. Right? And that's what he's, he's everlasting. And the next one is Prince of Peace. Through your turmoil. God is calm. You've seen those children at Walmart. I saw one today. I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. And then they started doing the belly flop on the ground. Not the belly flop, he's on his backside just throwing it. And thank God Brother Taylor got him up and didn't do anything more with him. But you know what, you know, I, no, I'm just teasing over here. But, you know, I look at it and I, I saw this child and I want to go. And, and I, I wanted to give him my counsel, amen. Let me tell you what the Bible says, sir. But you know what? We have a God of peace. You don't ever have to worry about God going, what just happened? Aren't you thankful that number one and five go together? You say, why, why would you bring those two together? Wonderful, the miracle, and number five, the Prince of Peace. Because God can do anything he wants and still have peace about it. Remember the people of Baal, what were they doing? Slicing themselves up? Cutting themselves up? Some prophet just pours, pours water, barrels of water in a drought and calls God down, and guess what happens? God didn't go, well, we can't do that. It's not raining a while, and you might start a fire. God's in control. And there's peace in the midst of the storm. Either you're going to believe there's peace in the midst of the storm, or you're not going to. Is he your prince of peace? Because he's mine. I don't know what's going to happen to my father this year. I don't, know, I don't know what's going to happen to my kids this year. But I know I can go down at any time and I can pray to him and there's peace in that prayer. Even in the midst of the storms, he's there. Is he your wonderful? Is he your counselor? Is he your mighty God, your everlasting father, your prince of peace?
Do you think he wants to be all those to you? What hinders him from being that? I do. You say, well, what can you do? Well, number one, I can pray for things, and when things happen, sometimes I go, that's what I prayed for, and it happened. You ever done that? Number two, I can break that one easy. Just try to figure out everything myself. Number three and number two go together. Number, f- number four, I can't lose. I can't lose my eternal security, but I sure can be miserable with eternal security. And number five, I can just have a whirlwind all the time in my life. Is that what God intends in your life? You know what he wants? To rely on him. Peace that passes all understanding, and the only way you can get it is through Jesus Christ.